What comes to mind when you think about life? Your life? The lives of those you love? Would you be willing to save a loved one's life? Of course. But have you ever stopped and thought about saving the lives of others? Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. When someone we love passes away, especially if it's sudden or unexpected, it can be a very stressful situation. Arrangement decisions need to be made, informing family and friends, and a ton of other tasks associated with the end of life. And this is on top of the grief felt by the loss, which can lead us into despair very easily. Hi, you're listening to Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and proud LifeBank staff member. With me is Alyssa Berman, LifeBank Senior Bereavement Services Counselor, and she's going to talk with us today about handling the stress of grief. Alyssa, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Can you define stress in general and how that's separate from grief? Absolutely. Just stress in general, simple definition of it is a condition or a feeling when someone just perceives that the demands that are on them exceeds their personal and social capacity to handle it. And that's really the very simple, general definition of stress, which is why none of us go through life stress-free. That's not an option. The challenge is how we respond to stressors in our life. So that's just a general definition of stress that is kind of accepted across the board. So when loss happens, and as I mentioned, traumatically, and especially if it's sudden, what is that stress like? That's got to be a different level. So when loss happens, what people experience, especially the community that I work with, is something called acute stress response. And this is different than what I just described before. This is a moment where you literally feel that your emotional and physical well-being is being threatened. I don't mean threatened by violence, but just threatened by the situation in hand. And so the feeling is shock. And it's in that shock that we call it an acute stress response. Because what happens is it's something that comes on quickly, right? The sudden awareness that your loved one has died and then subsides after a period of time. The reason why it's important to differentiate between that and kind of longer term stress reactions to grief, which I know we're going to talk about, is because usually what happens during this time is people have this unbelievable ability to mobilize and to plan. In this intense period, somehow, people plan funerals. They make phone calls. And it's because in that moment, we have the flight or fight response. And most people, when they lose somebody, they take their minute or two or half hour of their intense emotional reaction. Then they stop, they mobilize, and they're amazing. And they say, now what? 
what do I do now? So we experience that in the right in the beginning of our loss. But the important thing to keep in mind about this acute stress response and that I wanted to share with our listeners is that while you're going through it, it can actually have a really profound emotional and cognitive effect on how we function. So a lot of people report feeling detached or numb. So I have people who say to me, I know I was at the funeral, but I have no recollection of it. It always reminds me, oh, well, they were in an acute stress response. The feeling of derealization, which is this overall sense of confusion and fog. You know, you're in environments you're not usually in, like a hospital or a police station or a funeral home, and you kind of feel like you're living in an alternate reality. People in an acute uh, stress response also feel a bit of depersonalization. People report feeling almost like they're outside of their body. Um, They also are dealing with intrusive thoughts. So in the early part, a lot of people report just constantly re-experiencing their thoughts, dreams, memories, and flashbacks. There's also a lot of avoidance during acute stress reactions where people may literally avoid the street that they were driving on when they heard because it just brings back everything. And then finally, during the acute stress response time, there is this general increased arousal. So people usually are struggling with sleep, with hypervigilance, anxiety, and problems concentrating. It is a lot to take in. And I'm, I'm just thinking of those times, it almost feels that you're watching what's happening and not really taking it in. Very interesting. But long term, when some time has passed, how do families usually experience stress at that point? So we know we get the acute stress right after. And then there's so many things that happen that go on after the loss when it begins to sink in. It really impacts stress. So one of them is the overall statement of enormous changes in their lives. So people are going to experience the fact that now they have to adjust to a life that looks nothing like it used to. It's a profound source of stress. Kind of like, you know, one domino knocking down the next. And people experience secondary loss as well. So, you know, whether it be the spouse who now has to figure out finances or the parent who has to clean out their child's room, there's an enormous change that happens and it starts to be felt every day because we're constantly knocking up against who we are in light of our loss. Another aspect of stress that people deal with is, of course, the emotional part of it. And the fact is, as long as it continues to go on, there are going to be situation after situation that evoke new and intense emotions that sometimes people don't feel equipped to deal with. Not to mention the fact that life is dynamic, so there are going to be interpersonal stressors. Just because your loved one died doesn't mean that if you were struggling with an aging parent that you're still not dealing with that, or if you were having financial issues that you're still not dealing with that. So you add in those everyday stressors and that it also increases the stress. Then unfortunately, there's pressure that people feel from other individuals. And this causes tremendous stress and it's reported to me a lot. You know, people will essentially be told, you know, you got to move on, be normal, feel better. And those things are incredibly stressful to hear as a griever. That's something that's difficult. And 
finally, you know, there's this frustration uh, because you want life to be a certain way and it's not. And it's deeply, deeply frustrating. You know, I think that at the end of the day, it's a long term experience because life's going to happen after your loved one dies and no one is letting you off the hook. No one is saying, well, you don't have to deal with that child who has special needs now since your spouse died. We still have to deal with all of those issues that face us every day. And that's what contributes to the long-term stress after loss. Yes, I can see that. Life doesn't stop. So let's talk about some helpful ideas. What are some ways that people can cope with stress and especially the stress caused by grief? First, let me just tell you really quickly the not constructive ways, um, (laughs) because I think that we all, all of us, myself included, do these sometimes. A lot of people after loss feel like giving up. So I want to encourage people not to give up. Blaming others is not a helpful tool. We are often searching to figure out why something happened. There is never an answer that's suitable for anyone. The other thing that's so important, if you can avoid it, is substance abuse. If you are someone who self-medicates as a way of coping, I just want to encourage you, if you can, to get the help you need. And if you need to figure out how to get that help, you can always call us at LifeBank. I will make sure I connect you with services. So constructive ways to deal with stress when you're grieving. If you are somebody who gets a benefit from writing, I highly recommend writing. To be able to get the thoughts out of your head and your heart onto a piece of paper is incredibly important. Now, for those, there are plenty of people who are listening who think writing is the most, the worst thing in the world and would cause them more stress. So obviously you can't do that. Um, another important way to deal with stress after grief is setting good boundaries, being able to say no, and also figuring out how you express your feelings. We grieve as we live. So if you were not a talker previous to your loss, Talking is not going to be a way for you to relieve stress. But if you were somebody who walked a lot or someone who exercised or someone who drew or someone who knit, I know people who knit and it's an incredible stress reliever, then those are the things that will help you to feel better in your stress. Regardless of where you are, I encourage you to practice gratitude. It is one of the greatest gifts and skills we can use to help us with stress after grief to remember to breathe. We breathe, I have been told, 22,000 times in a day. And it's one thing that we forget to do and pay attention to because we hold our breath when we start to feel anxious. In addition to that, I encourage people to make sure that you have someone that you can talk to, to eat as well as you can, to make manageable and realistic to-do lists I have seen people to-do lists that go on for pages and what stresses them out is looking at the to-do list. So I really encourage people to decide to do one thing at a time, one or two things a day so that you set yourself up for success instead of failure. And perhaps one of the most important things for the long term is to just be able to congratulate yourself for the progress you make each and every day. And if you can, Find someone in your life who you can laugh with. We did a podcast on humor, and I can't tell you how important it is 
even in our most difficult times, to take a moment to laugh. It is one of the best stress relievers in grief. There's research about it for that matter. And of course, there's an exhaustive list of things you could do, but that's just the, the kind of the basics. These are wonderful ideas, and I think we can apply them to our everyday lives. For our listeners, we want to remind you that you can always go to lifebank.org, and there are resources under Donor Family tab. Or if you have a question or would like to reach out to our Bereavement Services Department, please use our Contact Us form, and we will get in touch with you as soon as possible. I thank you for listening today and I invite you back next week and come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life, the podcast that is changing lives. Organ, eye, and tissue donation is truly all about life. Life given, life received, and lives saved and healed. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org or visit lifebank.org for more information. If you are already a registered donor, we thank you. If you are not, take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at the BMV or online at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it. Donate life.